affect business and how it can lock down a business and how the enemy comes in and tries to take it. And I know I sort of jumped in a bit, but um, and there are just a few of those left. So I really don't want to take any of those back to England. So uh, I'll leave those. So they're they're ten ten dollars each. So if at the end you want to take any of those, if you have a business, want to start a business, if you are praying for businesses or want to pray for business, that's a good book to get. Okay, um, I spoke this morning about uh, God who's a generous God and really encouraged us and challenged us to understand that God is generous and therefore uh, we want to be generous. Because if we don't get that God is generous, we won't want to be generous, you know. But if we get that he's generous, not only do we want to be generous, we'll be more generous. And what that does is it takes us into the supernatural because you can't be as generous as God without his help. True. And so let's just look at that again uh, and from a slightly different perspective. But what I want to do, let's start with the, the, the chapter which is or verse, which is in Isaiah. And um, it's <clears throat> uh, chapter 32 and verse 8. Thank you. So Isaiah, famous prophet. <clears throat> And uh, he was used by God to speak a number of uh, prophetic words into his uh, sort of contemporaries, if you like. And there's this one bit, and I'm actually going to start actually a bit earlier. So chapter 32, verse 5 through to 8. The foolish person will no longer be called generous, nor the miser said to be bountiful. For the foolish person will speak foolishness, and his heart will work iniquity to practice ungodliness, to utter error against the Lord, to keep the hungry and satisfied, and he will cause the drink of the thirsty to fail. Also the schemes of the schemer are evil, who devises wicked plans to destroy the poor with lying words, even when the needy speaks justice. And this is the key thing. But a generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he shall stand. But a generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he shall stand stand. And there's another part where uh, King David is talking in the Psalms and he says, you uphold me by your generous spirit. And so God reveals himself as a generous God. And if we want to start to kind of um, get hold of, if you like, of the supernatural, we have to understand some of the aspects, the characteristics of the God that we're coming to. He's not a mean God. He's not a God who says, I'm going to withhold from you. He absolutely desperately wants to take us into the realm of the supernatural. And when we're there, we realise that that generosity is coming from heaven. If you went to heaven, if you go to McDonald's, uh, what would you expect to find when you go into McDonald's? Well, I know they're changing slightly the brand, but what would you expect? What would you expect to find in McDonald's? Burgers. What about KFC? What would you see in KFC? We're doing well. Red Lobster. Thank you. Heaven. Generosity. <laughs> it's, part, it's, it's like everything will echo generosity. I mean, there are many things that echo peace, it'll echo kindness, it'll echo love, all these types of things. All the things that we're told about. Generosity is actually part of God's DNA. And what's the ultimate way that he demonstrated, I am a generous God? What's the ultimate way he demonstrated that? Gave his son. He gave his only son. And so we know from Scripture, he reveals himself as a generous God. 
And in the same way that he is generous, he wants us to be generous. But it's then we hit a bit of a wall, don't we? Because we think, well, you know, I'll only be generous to a point, or, well, I don't have what it takes to be generous. And so that's when we can then start to back off, when we retreat. And, uh, but actually, God wants to reveal himself as to be generous, so that we can be generous and give more, and to sow into other people's lives, if you like. And, um, but also, if we understand God is a generous God, then we are more able to receive from him. So he wants to give us things. I mean, who knows that God actually wants to give us things? He wants to give us things. He wants to say, you know, I want to give this thing to you. And um, one of the things that is challenging for us, possibly in the Western world more than other parts, is that um, we tend to want to make everyone safe and comfortable in church. That's the opposite of what Jesus did. He took people to the very edges of their, exist- yeah, their human existence to propel them into the supernatural. So he put them in situations that were impossible without him being there. Who knows that it's impossible to give however many loaves and how many fish and it turn into feeding a whole hillside. It's not possible. But he, forced, he put them into these situations. And you know what God wants to do here in Parksville is not possible without him. It's just not possible. And so, so, you know, you might look at your own resources, you might look at your own gifts, your own talents, you're going, well, it's not possible. And God's going, yeah, but you're part, A, you're part of a bigger kingdom. So who knows who he might send in? But also, there are resources that he knows that he has, but we don't know that he has. Does that make sense? And so he puts us into a situation and he goes, I want you to do this. And we go, well, we can't because we haven't got it. He goes, no, but I have. But sometimes we don't even wait for the response. We just say, I can't. And so um, this morning I I said, look, we need to know he's generous. If we know he's generous, but I want to say it's really helpful. It helps us because when we hit those times and we want to break into supernatural, we are going to a generous God who will give without finding fault. He's forgotten your sin. He's dealt with that. He's dealt with that on the cross. It's not like as if you go to him and you ask him for something, he goes, well, yeah, but first of all, we need to talk about this from 32 years ago. Okay, we need to talk about that before I'm even going to talk to you about anything else because I'm really angry with you about that still. That's not our God, is it? But some of us think it is. And some of us use that as an excuse to not come to him. Oh, well, I, can't, I can't come to God because he's not, he's not going to talk to me about that. He's going he's to have a go at me about something. Or worse still, he's going to talk to me about soccer. That was one <laughs> girl came to me once in England. She said, so I'm a bit worried about talking to God because he might start talking to me about soccer because all guys talk about soccer. <laughs> I'm like, What? <laughs> I said, well, talk to him and just take the risk, eh? <laughs> and amazingly, he didn't talk about soccer. So that was good. Excuse me. So, um, but yeah, so he's generous. And I want to just explore what that might look like because I'm going to give you a few stories of where people have hit walls 
uh, and they've, they've not known how to go beyond it, and then they've seen God provide. And the title of the talk this morning, which, which was Supernatural Substance, because I wanted to say supernatural provision in a way, but actually I want to talk about substance, because it's something from heaven that comes down, but it, it's substance on the earth. It's not ethereal, it's not a kind of goosebump feeling, it's not you come up, up here and fall down and then you get up and nothing's changed. It's, it's, it's much more powerful than that. It's something, it's pulling on heaven, and I know John talks about it, you're pulling on heaven and you're bringing the kingdom down. But in this way, it's very practical. So I'm going to give you some stories about things that have happened, and when I'm telling you these stories, you're going to say to me, well, well that's all right for them, or I don't believe you, which is fine. You can think what you like, I don't care. These are people I know. I'll only share stories about people I know, so I know they're factual. <clears throat> but on Saturday, yesterday, I went water skiing and uh, with Gary Dowdy from the church up at, at Port and with Brad, who's here. So I'm going to embarrass Brad even more than I did Gary this morning. <clears throat> and um, so I got, out, I got out there and I was doing it and I, I tried it six times, was it Brad? And I got up once for about half a second and that was it. It was all over. Three seconds, oh, I've just gone up. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I believe in multiplication. Anyway, so there I am, okay, and I could have stopped there and I could have thought, do you know what, I don't believe water skiing is possible because I couldn't do it. But then, a few minutes later, I see Brad doing his, uh, you know, James Bond impression as he goes off on his, on his mono ski, <laughs> cutting it across the wake and doing all this stuff. And then I see Gary being complete water ski guru doing this, this smooth action, like, you know, so just amazing. And I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, I've got a problem, because I know it's possible now, because I've seen it. And so, as I say some of these stories, you're going to go, no, that's not possible. And I'm going, to, I'm going to say, do you know what? It's just like, just because you can't do it, just because you haven't seen it, it is possible. And if you take those steps, of baby steps, and we'll look at some of the ways you can do it, then you too could be the one cutting through the wake and uh, seeing what incredible things that God can do. And so, this is about one story. This uh, friend of uh, mine, and um, he, uh, he was married. Uh, they'd had one child. He had a good job. She had a good job. Then they had another child, and he lost his job at the same time as she gave up her job. So they got two children, no work, no income. Who knows? That's a wall. That's a stressful place to be. So he's a man of faith, so he starts to pray. He says, Lord, what are we going to do? And he starts to think about a particular town where it's cheaper to live. So he's being practically thinking, okay, I'll go, you know, perhaps we'll move down there. Then he has a dream. So who knows that God speaks to us in dreams? Anyone? Some of us. Some of us. Well, he does. The Bible is full of where God has communicated to people in dreams. Often he'll use dreams because we're not listening. <laughs> he uses dreams as a last resort. But he also uses dreams to shift things around and correct us and bring, bring stuff in. But anyway, basically, he is there. He's in this dream. So in the dream, he sees himself walking down this road. He sees the name of the road. He's walking along the road. Da, 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 da. And then he sees a door. And the door with a number and a colour. And he thinks, I should knock on the door. So he goes up in the dream. He knocks on the door or rings the doorbell or whatever. Someone opens the door. It's a lady. He looks at her and he says, God has sent me. End of the dream. Okay? So he wakes up and thinks, 
wow, that's just like amazing. I wonder if this road exists. So he looks up on the map, he sees that that road does exist in the town that they were thinking of going to. So he is a man of faith and a, a bold guy. So he follows what he saw in the dream. He goes to the road, he walks down, he sees the house, he sees the colour, he remembers the house number, the colour of the door, and he goes up. Who, who, who would actually do this? Is there anyone here who would actually do this? <laughs> a few of us. A few of us. Okay, so sometimes desperation will drive us to do crazy things. So he rings on the doorbell, opens the thing, and he's a Ghanaian, he's a big black guy, and he goes, um, God has sent me, at which point the woman who opened the door faints, and... Um, <laughs> He's not quite sure what to do because he didn't see that happen in the dream. So when she sort of comes around, uh, they're having a cup of tea, which of course is what we all do in England. And um, she, she starts to tell him the story. And she said, um, I had a dream. I'm a Buddhist. So that's going to blow everyone's theology here. I'm a Buddhist um, and I've had this dream. And, um, but the gods have spoken to me whatever the gods are that they believe in. And um, uh, in this dream, uh, you knocked at my door and you said, God has sent me. And once you said that, I knew that I was supposed to give you my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she said, I don't know what to do now. And he's like sitting there thinking, well, you give us a house, I suppose. You know, <laughs> Nice three-story house, thank you very much. And so um, anyway, one thing leads to another. And... You know, I want to say that she gave the house, but she didn't. She was a business person. She kind of slightly backed, backed down. And so sometimes, even when God's doing all the supernatural stuff, people can, hearts can get hard and, and whatever. But she, um, in the end, she said, look, I, I'm, I, I can't give it to you because I just can't. I don't feel like I can, I've got the, the, you know, whatever, the guts to do it. But I'm going to let you live here for two years rent-free. So that helped them in a time of crisis and of, and of need. Um, and so, you know, who knows? God could just give you a dream. And so if he does, and it's a road that's nearby, and there's a door that you drive down, and you see it's the same, thing. yeah, yeah, we you know, knock on the door, you know. But isn't that amazing that God can do that sort of, that sort of thing? And, but he's done that out of his generosity. And, you know, my friend knows that he's a generous God. And so he was saying, God, you know, what, I'm, I, I'm, we're struggling here. We've hit something, and we don't know how to get through this. But I know that you do. And I'm open to any form of the supernatural to get me through that. And that's a really key thing. Because if we kind of keep God in a box, then he goes, okay, I'll stay in the box. <laughs> he's not that comfortable there, but he will stay in the box. Because he's, remember, he's got a gentleness and kindness and goodness. and So he'll work with us where, where we are. How about another one, a lady that... And this is why it's so important for us, every single one of us, the saints, those who believe in Jesus Christ, to be able to learn to recognize his voice, his communications to us, so that we are able to receive the things that he's got for us. He's got so many things for us in heaven. And we, we have to, as we, as we learn to hear his voice, he can lead us to where those things are. And, you know, we see like Jesus in the scriptures when he speaks and he says uh, to the guys that are having the argument about temple tax, you know the story, let's just look at it quickly. Mm-hmm. Are we all okay? Smile. Yes, David, we are. <laughs> if you're not, then I'm sorry. 
um, Matthew 17. <clears throat> and Matthew 17 and 24 through 27. When they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay temple tax? He said, Yes. And when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him, saying, What do you think? <clears throat> what do you think, Simon? From whom did the kings of the earth take customs or taxes from their sons or from strangers? Peter said to him, From strangers. Jesus said to him, Then the sons are free. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, take the fish that comes up first, and when you've opened its mouth, you'll find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. And so, you know, we can get into all the minutiae of the theological debate that was going on here, but essentially, Peter, <coughs> or Jesus, had said to him, you've got a need, and the need is to pay your tax. Who knows that that's a need? That's a practical need. Who here has to pay tax? Uh, exactly. Thank you, Lord. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you know, he, he, we, we have practical needs. Okay? And this instance, Jesus said, he gives them specific directions about where to get that need from. Now, did they have to do anything other than listen to the Father or listen to the Son? Listen to Jesus telling them what to do, giving them specific direction, and then they get it. And, and then they get exactly what they need. How important is it for a bear to hear his voice? So I'll tell you another story. Single mum, struggling, comes to our school of prophecy. She starts to hear God probably clearly for the first time in her life. She is wanting to start a business. The business is to be a business to help people start businesses. <laughs> Quite funny, but she wants to run seminars to help people start businesses. That was going to be her business. But she didn't have any money to really start the thing. And so how many want to do things? And they're going, well, I haven't got the money to do it. Okay. And so what about if God does something supernatural? What about if he knows how to get through that wall? And actually all we need to do is listen to his voice and recognize that he can communicate about these very, very practical things. And so she uh, is praying and talking to God about it. And she says, Lord, if this isn't from you, could you take the desire away? If it is from you, could you show me what to do? That's a really good prayer. That is such a good prayer to pray. So she prayed that. And she thought about a particular hotel in London. And the hotel in London, uh, it's quite an expensive place. Uh, and she thought about a particular date. And she thought, right, okay. So, you know, this is where you're going to have faith. You've got to be willing to be a fool. Willing to be looking foolish. So she goes to the hotel. Walks up to the desk and says... Hi, can I just check if you've got a room available on this date where I could run a seminar to talk about you know, running, starting a business? Uh, they you know, type it in or whatever. They say, oh no, I'm sorry, we're f all our rooms are full that day. Okay, so what would you do at that point? So she starts to walk away. And as she's walking away, she gets that inner nudge from the Holy Spirit. Why it's important to recognize those nudges, those communications from heaven. And he says... What you know, go go back and ask again. Okay, again, you've got a choice, haven't you? If you're going to walk with this stuff, you have to make sure your mind is being submitted to the the, the, the Holy Spirit, the Kingdom of God. And so she goes back, and she says, "Excuse me for asking again, but um, can I just ask you to really sort of double check? You know, there's nothing at all available. There's not even a like a side room or something. It's like uh, they check again. No." And so she's standing there, and she just feels she should ask for the manager. So she says, do you think I could just speak to the manager? 
all respect, you know, look, I just really like to speak to the manager. So the manager comes out. She says, I've just spoken to your colleagues. They told me it's full. Uh, I'd just be really helpful if you know, there's anything. That's the date I was really keen on. So she's very respectful. She's not telling them they've done anything wrong. That's the date I was really keen on. I'd really like to use the hotel. And, you know, flattery, flattery, flattery. <laughs> and the manager says, well, uh, you know, I'll double check. So he goes through again and he looks at it all and he says, no, it's absolutely full. And he said, and they said, well, hold on a second. One of the things has been booked by a particular company and they paid up front. And uh, he said, but they've gone bust. Um, he said, how about we just charge you like a nominal admin fee and you take it, you have it instead. And that started her business, which was, that was two years ago. It's now turning over about two million pounds. You see, supernatural substance, it's not just the goosebumps, which I love. It's not the shaking and the wobbling, which I love. I love all of that stuff. But it's when it hits, when the rubber hits the road. And you go, well, I've got everything I need. I don't need all of that. I don't need all that supernatural stuff because I've got, I've got my pension or I've got my job. I've got my salary. I've got my house. I've got, got my car. I'm, you know, my kids are doing well or, you know, everything. I don't need all that, actually. I'm okay. God has, God has blessed me, so I'm okay now. And I, I want to sort of challenge that and say, well, what if there are other people that aren't okay, but your faith could get more in order to give it away? How would you feel about that? So if you've got one house, why don't you believe for five houses? For example. You know, wouldn't that be great if when it looks impossible, you're getting things come in and God's providing them, maybe through dreams, maybe through visions, maybe through all these different areas that he could speak, and then you're able to give them away. And so if you understand that God is a generous God, and as you grow in that understanding that God is a generous God, he will cause you to realize that the resources you have, even though they are good, healthy, comfortable, whatever word, they won't be enough. They won't be enough because you'll want to be more generous. You want to become more like him and more generous. And what did that scripture say? A generous man devises generous schemes. So your whole DNA starts to shift from I've got enough for me and my own <laughs> to I want to be more generous like God is and therefore I have to break into the supernatural because without that I can't be as generous as I want to be. And I've talked about finance and stuff like that, but I'm talking also about time, about talent. Some people, you know, and it doesn't matter the, if it doesn't matter the amounts, it's just a decision and you grow, you start to grow. A bit like the water skiing. You know, I got up for three seconds. Hopefully next time I'll get up for 10 seconds. You never know. Um, and so, you know, we can take these little steps. So wherever we are, so you might feel, well, I haven't got anything financially. I, I'm okay. But what about time? What about your talents? You might have loads of time on your hands. And you could be consciously, well, look, I've got this time, Lord. Not time, Lord. I've got this time, Lord. And you are saying, right, how can I be generous with that time? How can I really use that time to bring the kingdom in? So it's an attitude of heart and mind that we can uh, grow and uh, develop in. And you know, there are other scriptures that talk about this. This generous. I said about Psalm where where David is saying about God being a generous God. But what about um, 
Proverbs 11.25 A generous soul will be made rich. Some versions will say a generous soul will be refreshed. Proverbs 11.25 He who waters will be watered himself. And so he, won't be say, he would not be saying this if he wasn't like that himself. Well, at Proverbs 22.9 he, he who has a generous eye will be blessed. And in the New Testament, there's an amazing thing where Cornelius, who uh, is a man, I should read that quickly in Acts 10. I'm jumping around a bit, but you can um, think about looking at these afterwards if you want. <clears throat> there's a certain man, Acts 10, there's a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius, who thinks that's pretty cool? Who wants to have an angel come to them and say their name? Who'd be scared witless if that happened? <laughs> and when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your generous arms have come up for memorial before God. And that was what got, it's amazing, an angel comes and the thing that is being spoken about is this person's generosity. It's like there's something that is, attract, heaven is attracted to it. Heaven is attracted to generosity because heaven, heaven is attracted to like things. It's like, be like him. Be like me. And in the kingdom economy, I mean, if I, in the kingdom, likeness is the most important thing. So that's why he says, I want you to be like me. So it's not about being close in proximity, which is, you know, so if I'm, I'm going to be close in proximity with you, but what is important in the kingdom is that I am like you. So I have your DNA. I think the way you think. And that is the most important thing. That's why Paul, Apostle Paul said, yeah, be imitators of me as I'm imitators of Christ. Be like me. And what's it say in the final time? We will be like him. So likeness is a really important thing in the kingdom. It's not fr it's Friendship is an important thing, but likeness is more important. Okay? And so when he talks about us being generous, it's like part of that DNA. And so this likeness, so Cornelius... Because of that generosity, an angel is released from heaven to say to him, by name, Cornelius, your generosity has come up to God's throne, has been noticed. Let's put it into English, instead of, you know, it's come up as a memorial before God. What does that mean? It means, dude, your giving, your generosity has come to the recognition of the one that made absolutely everything. And because of that, no other reason, because of that, I've been sent to you in all my glory, all my whatever it is, with his sword and his wings or whatever he's got as an angel. So how about the generosity that you express, even if it's small steps, even if it's only if you can give, you know, give a dollar or I feel like I've got an hour spare, I could just do that, I could do something with my hour spare. Whatever it is, how about as you do that, that actually God goes, you know what, I really like what I see here. I really, really like what I see. 
And then as you go further, you go, actually, Lord, I want to be even more generous and I want to be able to do more things, but I can't because I have only these resources. Not just finance, but anything. I've only got these resources. And then he says, well, that's okay because that's the whole point. I've got all the resources and I can drop a few things down from heaven. And if I need to drop, get an angel to bring you stuff, I'll jolly well do that as well. How about when Jesus gets fed, you know, the angels, the angels come and minister him with the bread and stuff. This is not impossible. And so as I'm saying, it's going on oh, a bit over the top. But hold on, let's just think about the water skiing, okay? You can think that water skiing is not possible because you can't do it. Or you can see what other people have done and you can read the Bible and you can go, water skiing is possible. And if you read the Bible, it's full of this sort of stuff. What about the widow? The widow, who um, she is basically, she's going to die. Her sons are going to die. The prophet comes. And the prophet says, you're not going to die. What have you got in the house? Oh, I've got a little bit of oil. Well, go and get pots from everywhere, get containers from everywhere. <coughs> And when they, she starts pouring out the oil, it fills all the pots and she sells it. And I love that story because for me, that's the first supernatural business. She's been given an oil business. Uh, zero overhead. Thank you very much. And actually, it kind of causes some challenge because your traditional pricing model of, you know, cost versus margin plus, you know, all the kind of, you know, the pricing models go out the window, don't they? Because, well, there isn't only overhead. It didn't cost me anything to do. So what price should I say? And I, I'd like, I'm going to meet her one day, and I'm going to say, I need to know, did you price it high to really get the most? Or did you kind of price it low to, to, to sell the most? <laughs> what did you do? Did you price others out of the market? Did you kill the market dead because you sold it so cheap? You know, what? How, how do you... <laughs> How'd you do it? But what we do know is through that one act, that one supernatural act, that she, so she made a lot of money that day. A lot of money. So if we're scared of wealth, like, you better get over it because the kingdom of God is the kingdom of wealth. So she gets, in one day, she gets enough to pay off all her debts and it says for her sons and her to live for the rest of their lives. Who knows that that would have probably been a lot of money? Anyone? Yeah, so that I love that. I love that story. Supernatural business and and loads of loads of things I could tell you. But I remember that like we want to be channels of that generosity, but to be the fullness of what God wants, we have to break into supernatural. So we have to know His voice. We have to understand that He is a generous God, and and um, that that we are just willing to be obedient to when He says like. And he's going, well, I haven't got it. So what, pray it in. Pray, ask God, start to be specific about things. One of the ways you could do it as well is, um, I call it Hebe. Who's heard of eBay? Have all of us heard of eBay? I call it Hebe. Okay? So what we do is, instead of selling something on eBay, we go into Hebe. And we get before God and we go, okay, God, I've got this dresser, let's say. And um, I could sell it on eBay for $50 and get $50, yay, and give $50 away. Or, or put it towards something I need. Or I could say, I'm going to respond by faith, and I'm going to say, who is it that needs this? Could you either lead me to them or them to me so that I can give it or 
you want to work out a price, that's fine. But so that there's an, there's, you start connecting with the supernatural, you connect with the leading of the Spirit, you connect with the ways of God, and you start to understand, ah, oh, that's how it works. Okay, so yeah, so I prayed that, and that's, ah, okay, because he always wants to stretch our faith. And sometimes he'll put us in situations where he will deliberately put us in a place where we hit a wall because he wants our faith to be stretched. He wants to force us into the supernatural because we will not go there sometimes unless we go kicking and screaming to the very edge of our own existence. So he'll sometimes say, well, do you know what? I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. But this is for your own good. I'm taking you there. I'm taking you to the edge of what is possible for you because I want you to know what is possible for me. It's just the way he does it. And um, I'll tell you a quick example, and then I'll, I'll probably draw to close because you're. <coughs> but um, or I might not draw to a close. You never know. But I learned this at a very early stage in my Christian walk. I've been a Christian for uh, twenty uh, something years, twenty nine, eight years. And one of the things that um, he taught me very early on was about he wanted to faith. He wanted to faith my stretch. <laughs> he wants to stretch my faith. <laughs> he wanted to stretch my faith. And um, before I was a Christian, I was a very bad person. And one of the things I used to do was I had three cars and I had one tax disc. So basically that means like, the, the, I don't know if we have, do you have them over here? License. Okay. And you have to have a license per car. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Well, I had three cars and one license. And I used to swap it between the, whichever car I was driving that night. I'd swap it between them, you see. And so I was pretty bad and I had one insurance. And I mean, basically, I was just did all sorts of stuff that was wrong. And um, so, but after I was a Christian, I realized I couldn't do this. So I had one car, no money, because all my money had been made through crime. So I couldn't, I didn't have any money. And um, I had one car, which I'm hoping was going to stay on the road. It was getting older and... I take it in for the annual tax, uh, annual safety inspection. We call it an MOT. I don't know what you call it over here, but every year we have to have a safety inspection. And I kind of take it in thinking, if you don't have it, you can't keep it on the road. So I'm being legal now because I'm a Christian. And I'm in a difficult situation because I've got no money. Uh, and uh, I'm like, what am I going to do here? You know, because I'm bound to be things wrong. So I sit in the car, in the car, in the, in the park, after dropping the car off. I'm sitting on the bench and I go, um, Oh, Lord, please let them pass it without finding any, any problems for safety. Just let them pass it. Amen, sort of thing. And just feel the whisper of the Holy Spirit saying, can I just check, are you asking me to get them to ignore some of the safety things that are on the car? Mm, no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> So what are you asking? I said, well, I'm asking that there aren't any problems with any of the things on the car, so I won't have to pay anything to get it fixed. So, okay. So what if there are things that need to get fixed because of the safety? Do you want me to, are you asking me to over, are you asking me to get them to overlook them? I said, no. He says, are you going to get them fixed? Yes, I'm going to get them fixed. Okay. So we got, we got that far. <laughs> and then this sort of, realization starts to sort of dawn on me that actually there are going to be a lot of things that need fixing. 
And so I'm like, Lord, I, I, I really, you know, I'm not going to keep, I'm not going to keep on the car on the road. And he just said, look, baby, there going to be times when you hit things, and the purpose is to stretch your faith. That's what it's about. Are you willing? Are you willing to let me do something here that will stretch your faith? That was what it's about. And I said, uh, I sort of, you know, when you don't want to answer. Has anyone had that? You, I'm not. I'm not going to answer that question because whatever it is, I'm in a hole. I'm like, I am so stuffed like a turkey at Christmas. I'm, uh, or Thanksgiving, whatever you have it. It's like it's it's uh, you know. So I'm sitting on the bench thinking, no, I don't, I don't really, I don't want to answer to this. So I just go quiet and like this insistent kind of Holy Spirit, you know, what are you, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? And eventually I say, well, yeah, I, I do want my, my, my face stretched. And so I get back and of course I get this long list of things that need to be fixed and it's going to cost a load of money and like, oh no. But I said, came out, I said, Lord, okay, thank you. Now how do we do this? How do we do? How do we do this? I cannot pay this. So either the car goes off the road, or you're going to have to teach me how to break into something that I have not known yet. And so he said, "Well, this is what you do. You start asking me for it. You start believing that I can do it. You start trusting me for it, and you start pulling on heaven to bring it to you." So I just kind of did what I could do. It's like, Lord, you know, and I, I, in that case, what I did was I walked around my room. I'm not saying this is what you have to do, but this is my, my journey with God. I walked around the room and I, looked, I took, turned to each side of my room and I went, whoever out there that's got the money that I need for my car, could you please give it to me? Whoever's out there with the money for my car, please give it to me. Whoever's out there with the money for my car, please give it to me. Whoever's out there with the money for my car, please give it to me. Is that it, Lord? What else do I do? You know, it's like, would you just believe what you prayed? And so you, you know, you, you learn this journey. And and uh, <clears throat> I remember the first thing that came in was a small amount. Someone called me and said, um, I just really think, you know, we need to bless you. And so, oof, give you give you something. Then another came in, and then the final one came in when um, I had a friend, and I just felt he really needs some prayer one night. So I called him, I went over to him and we had a really good time of prayer lots of tears, he'd gone through some really difficult stuff, then we were watching a movie during the movie this God talked to us during the movie anyway, during the movie he says um, listen, uh, I'm just sitting here and I feel like I need to just give you some money, and I said um, oh, that'd be cool <laughs> he says how much do you need I said I'm not telling you. <laughs> you you tell me what you think and the amount he told me covered the remainder of the car. And so I've been on this journey. So it's a bit like the water ski, you know. That was the sort of, oh, I got up. I got up for a few seconds. But then it, it, it carries on. And even coming over here this time, I didn't want to be a burden to you as a church or a group of churches. And so I, I did the same thing. It's like I took the step of faith. I said, right, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to expect anything back. I know you guys are challenged at the moment financially. So I said to John, right, we're going to get support from over there. So I start praying, look, call it in, call it in, call it in. This is what I need, this is what I need to go. And so start calling in. And there was a shortfall until five minutes before I arrived at Vancouver Island. And then I got an email, thank God for Wi-Fi on the ferry. 
I got an email from someone who I'd met a month earlier and I had told him about the trip and he had basically said, listen, I just, we've, my wife and I have been praying and uh, we want to we wanna finish off, we, we want to give you this amount of money. And it was the shortfall I had to come on this trip. And so this is just a, this is just a kind of a lifestyle, a habit. And do you know what? I'm even a bit stubborn. I know you can't possibly believe that about me. But even when sometimes now when I have the ability to do something, I won't use that. I'll put that to one side or I'll even give that away so I can't do it. And then I'll still go on the faith because I want my faith stretched all the time. So sometimes I'll consciously go, like I'll give you an example, my mum. <clears throat> my mum's eyes were getting not good. She had a 32-inch TV, which was a nice size, but increasingly she couldn't see it properly. I was over there one evening and she said, uh, look, I'm, I'm, um, uh, I'm really struggling with this. And I thought, do you know what? She needs like a 50-inch. And I like Panasonic screen, so I thought, I think she needs a 50-inch Panasonic. Now, I had the money in the bank to go out that day and buy a 50-inch Panasonic TV. Okay? But I deliberately didn't. I said, Lord, could you provide a Panasonic 50-inch TV for my mum? Well, it would be 50-inch, but Panasonic would be good. And so, I, you know, it's like, I, this is what we need. This is what we need. So how do we pull out of heaven, pull a TV out of heaven? If you take that out of context, I will be ridiculed. But, uh, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying is you can sometimes, you can, you can, you can grow deliberately and intentionally. So you need something, you might be able to get it, but how about you go, God, this is how are you going to do it? How, are you, how can we break into supernatural in this way? And so I'm praying, I'm asking God for the TV, I'm telling him why my mum needs it, and um, I'm saying, Lord, there must be a TV out there somewhere. It's not being used. Just bring it to us. Holy Spirit, go get it. And uh, about a week later, I get a call from a pastor, a friend. Uh, he said, look, I'm going to the States. We're moving from England to the States, as you know. We've got a load of stuff, he said. And there's one thing, I just keep thinking that I should call you about. He said, I know you've already got a really nice TV, but he said, I've got this 50-inch Panasonic. I don't know if you'd be interested in it at all. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so we got it. And you just think, you know, it's a, it seems a trivial thing. But what if God is wanting us to learn in those ways so that we can believe uh, much bigger things? You know, what if it starts with the TV? I was talking to one of the youth down at Fort Alberni, and he was pumped after this morning. And I said to him, look, you, know, you might start by giving a little bit, or you might start by believing God for a, you know, an MP3 player or an iPod or something like that. It doesn't matter for someone else or for yourself or whatever. And you don't know that in 10 years' time you could be standing on this stage and saying, listen, I started here. And I started and I got up on my water skis and I thought, oh my goodness, and I believe it's possible to become like Brad or Gary. And now I'm able to give away, oh, in the last 10 years I've been able to give away 10 houses, I've been able to give away cars, or whatever it is, whatever it is, TVs, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because God does He just wants us to grow in faith. He wants us to understand He's generous, grow in faith, be able to access the supernatural, and then we'll have everything we need, everything we want, everything God wants us to do. So, there you go. I did say I would finish, and um, so I'm going to finish around there. But let's just summarise what we said. We need to understand that God is a generous God. He demonstrated that in the giving of his Son. 
he is generous. There's nothing about him that is not generous. Can you imagine that? Imagine the most generous person that you know. Multiply that by a million. You're getting a tiny bit close to what God's like. If you get that, you'll want to be generous. That starts to hit some barriers in us because we can't do everything we want to do. That will cause frustration. Channeled right, it will cause us to be pushed in, propelling in to the realm of the supernatural. When we start doing that, we will, our minds will play tricks on us because we'll go, well, I, I, I can't do it. I, you know, it's not possible. It's not. Well, then you get back to the scriptures and you say, no, it is possible. I remember the oil. I remember Jesus with the, with the fish. I remember Jesus when the fishman went out and he said, no, don't go on this side, go on the other side. And that's when the fish were caught. Direction, very clear direction. Remember the story about my friend with the dream. Remember the story about the single mum with the business. And others you'll hear. And, and your own stories as well, among you. And so um, those are some of the steps, I think, that, that will help you. But understanding his voice as well, understanding the way he communicates, understanding that he wants to communicate to us about these kinds of things is really, really key as well. So, hey, listen, I hope you got something from this evening. And if you haven't, then you can have your money back. Um, (laughs) If that's all right with John. (laughs) And... um, but we'll, I think we'll just pray and uh, we'll just ask God to help us uh, be like those, uh, just be able to take those steps. And do you know what? It doesn't matter where you are. So some of the things you go, well, that's just totally unreachable. I'll say it's not unreachable. It's not impossible. Remember the water skiing. I would have thought water skiing is impossible because of my experience, falling over, not being able to get up for a long period of time. But within minutes, I've seen... Uh, Brad and I've seen Gary doing these incredible moves and everything and so I can't get away with saying water skiing is impossible everyone's lying to me you know they're con men they're they're fraudsters because I've seen it and you can't tell me that what I've just said is impossible because it's in the scripture and because I've told you about people that I personally know and people who know me know that I don't lie so I'm telling you this stuff is possible and I'm telling you that it's something that God totally desires for us if we will just take those steps with him. doesn't matter where we are now. We can start very small ways. John, do you want to add anything before we... I just think one of the things that's really sitting with me is that in our culture and in our experience very often of Christianity and church, we tend to get around what we believe. And we say, this is what I believe. And I think what... David's was bringing us is, well, how is what you believe being lived out? I mean, you say you believe that I'm the creator of the universe, but do I trust you to create anything in your world that you don't control, or I don't control? I'm not using human as derogatory at all. We've been so conditioned to the, the mindset of understanding and keeping everything within our paradigm. It's so easy to walk away and say, I don't trust charismatics, I don't trust the Holy Spirit, I don't trust because I've got this bad example. But there is nothing in life that actually is achievable without falling down like water skiing. Hmm. And if we ask Brad to come up here and say, so did you just one day get out of the boat and water ski and do feather tails around the lake? 
And I know Gary Dowdy, who's a very good water skier, would say, of course not. I started where he started. Mm. I went water skiing and fell down five times. I got up on six times. Mm. Could have done it a few times before, but a long time ago. It was still pitiful, but it was still upright. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But as I said this morning, how many of you know that you can't water ski on land? Nobody is going to water ski in this room. We might all sit here and study water skiing and say, I really believe in water skiing. <laughs> But you will never be able to share what water skiing is like until you actually go to the water, get yourself in the water, and say, okay, I'm here to learn it. But that means I've got to get wet. Yeah. And so I believe what we want to pray for tonight is God to help our unbelief rise up so that actually we say, here I am, Lord, I want to learn this from yeah. where I am right now. Does that make sense? If you want to do that, I just want to. Sorry, I can't remember your name. Delphine. So Delphine, I just want to say something to you, if that's okay. And um, when you were singing, uh, I just kept getting drawn to your top, your the colour and the, the purple. And um, I just feel like God wants to really remind you about who you are in Him. That you, as far as he's concerned, you're royalty. And um, you are totally welcome in his throne room. Uh, because he sees you as his princess. And I, I feel like he's saying, like, there have been times, and even the recent times, that you felt in the shadows. And you haven't felt that kind of brightness of, of, of him. You felt you were in the shadows. You felt you in the shadows of other people in the shadow of other people. And you say, no, I'm going to start to change that. You're going to start to come out of some of the shadow and you're going to be known for who you really are. It's not like you're going to be known because you're related to that person or associated with that person. No, it's going to be Delphine. Delphine's the one. 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 Who has got that presence. She's the one. The personality, the faith, all of those things. And I just see like that God's, God's going to start to do that. And I don't know if you can see it at the moment, but I feel like there's going to be some teaching. You're going to start teaching. I don't know if it's like teaching in the church or it's going to be teaching in a more practical sort of primary or whatever situation. I just see like there's a, there's a teaching gift on you and that's going to start to come out uh, if you'll let it. And I think it could happen quite quickly. So you should start to be, be ready if opportunities come with you. And that's not to force your hand, John, but it's if opportunities come to you, to share some of the things that you have got inside you, I think you should take it. And I think you should do it. And you'll be shaking like a leaf, but God's with you. So there you go. I made that public, so you're, you can test it and weigh it and all those good things that I teach you to do. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Cool. Okay, so, John, what do you want to do the water thing? Well, you think you're going to water ski sitting down in your chair? Um, do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm just. Yeah. Not you, David. No. Uh, no. I mean, you can come up here. <laughs> I, I'm asking you to play the guitar. Okay. Um, we did this this morning. What they're learning is to break the boundaries of the chairs. 
quite well for an Englishman. <laughs> and critiquing it. And getting to the whole thing and saying, well, I didn't like this and I didn't agree with that. And you walk away impoverished. No, do I agree with myself. Yeah. But God is faithful and sovereign. He can speak through an ass. hearts that are here Lord and Father every home that's represented and Father I pray that you will release your angels, you will release uh, just your presence Father to every home that's represented and that you will help every single person here devise generous schemes because they know there's a generous God and as they do that Father I pray that you will start to meet them, you'll encounter them Lord, you'll speak to them, you'll release your voice upon them, you'll release your communications and dreams and visions and nudges and impressions upon them, Father. And Lord, as that happens, that they'll be responsive and sensitive and do the things that you ask them to do. Lord, even if they seem like small, insignificant, like silly, <laughs> that they'll just do them, Father. And I pray that as they do that, they'll be encouraging one another, Father. And that this place will be known, every person who's represented here will be known increasingly as someone who's just so generous. And they can say, yeah, it's because my God's generous. And nothing runs out because I know how to pull on the resources that are greater than the ones that I have. And even when we hit those times of trial, we hit those times of difficulty, Father, that we'll just go, yay, it's another opportunity to break even more into the supernatural of God. Because I need it at this moment. And Father, those of us that are really comfortable and at ease and everything else, I pray that you'll give us even even us ways of, of, of not using what we have, but believing you for other things, so that we can go on this journey with you. I just pray for every single person represented here. Take the words, make them real. Give them stories. Give them stories, Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.
Where are the painters among you? Is there anyone who's a painter? <clears throat> painter? Who's a painter? Three. So could I just ask the painters to come to the, to the front? If you if people can make room for them. Pray for you, guys. Just hold hands together. Or ladies, anyone else? Your painter. Okay. So, Father, I just pray for the painters here. I pray that your Holy Spirit will start to breathe on the things they paint, and uh, that a real, a real uh, creativity from heaven will start to come onto everything that they do in this way. And Lord, I, I'm praying for prophetic paintings, and you might not even know what that means, but I, I pray there be uh, something starts to birth and breathe on your, your paintings that brings a breath and freshness from heaven uh, in the things that you paint, in the things that you uh, display and give to other people or sell or whatever you do. I just bless you and I really bless you with a super, super creativity to come on all the things that you paint, all the things you paint, there will be an incredible creativity Come on them in Jesus' name. And a favor, a favor, a favor, a favor. Recognition of the things that are inside you being broadcast abroad. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Is there someone here who's an accountant? An accountant? No? Bookkeeper accountants? Yeah. Is there actually an accountant? I know you do like book. Is there actually an accountant? No. Okay. Okay. I'll pray for Carol. You come forward. Pray for Carol. That's what is this accountant? Okay. Well, thank you. That um, just pray for Carol, Lord, and all the stuff that she needs to do. We'll give her real wisdom and insight, particularly timing around things that she has to work out, work through the challenges. Just give her real wisdom. wisdom. Yeah, Father, I pray you'll give her advance notice of some of the things that she has to do to help her with the timing. Advance notice and help her to call the things in that need to be called in. Help her to call the that's right. Help her to call in the things that need to be called in. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Shari Asana. Shambhala I keep hearing this accountant. Sorry, I'm not going to let it go. <clears throat> so I, I'm going to just probe around that. And if there's not an accountant here, because someone who's accountant sick, maybe, or something, there's something around an accountant. Your husband's an accountant, okay, so you can do it. Is anyone else? Other, yeah, the half is an accountant, or your husband. Is he come to church? Or? He's sick. That's right. What's his name? Norm, that's right. Okay, right, let's get behind this. So, Father, thank you that you didn't let me let go of this. And, uh, Lord, thank you that Norm is an accountant, and so, Father, <clears throat> You've been brought, been brought to my mind, so we're just going to pray for Norm. We're going to pray for healing for Norm. Lord, help us release our faith for healing for Norm. Not just in the physical body, but 
there'd be something beyond that and the work he does for the uh, I don't know restoration or whatever it is that you need to do there as well Father that you will help him that you will help him you will be his helper and you will be his strong tower his refuge his hope in who he trusts but we pray for healing we pray for healing we pray for healing that Norm the body of Norm you hear the word of the Lord and be healed be healed be healed Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bless him as well. Father God, thank you. Let's just wait. Just <clears throat> Surely you need to sit down, then that's fine. You can still still need to rest, but that's cool. I'm just going to wait for just a few minutes. There's nothing else we need to particularly do. So, um, who here is, um, does, does debt not, not, not sort of controlled debt if you like, like you've borrowed and you're in debt, but someone who's like, the debt's out of control. Who's, who's out? I don't want to embarrass you, I just want to pray for you. If you just come to the forward where the, the, the debt is out of control. So it's like, you're not in debt to, in the sense of a mortgage or something like that, but it's like, it's, it's just out of control. Anyone here? No? Well, come forward. Father, thank you. I say to speak peace the storm and say. I just want to speak peace to this storm that's raging around my sister. And uh, I'm asking for clarity of decisions to come from. So there could be some order brought to this situation. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It's still the storm. Still the storm. Still the storm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I'd like to do some more. I just want to ask, just, just, no, I know, I'll ask, I just want to ask you first. I just want to say, um, can I just ask you, just as you're in the quietness of the moment, uh, if, if you feel so prompted to just come and give this lady some money. If you're so prompted, just come and if it's an IOU because you haven't got any money, then that's fine. I just feel there's something in the body that we can get behind here and just by the action of it, it can start to change things, okay? So it's not pressure, not a burden. In the quiet, keep playing. In the quietness of the moment, just ask the Lord. Is there something I should do here? 
It might be a dollar, it might be, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but does it does. You need to learn to receive. <laughs> you do. You here. need to learn to receive. No, you need to learn to receive. Yes. You need to see, receive. Please receive. Receive, receive, receive. Just stay at peace and learn to receive. This action can start in her life, you know? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We actually haven't taken an offertory tonight, and we're not going to. This is the offertory. Convinced it was fine. Further than ever before. Take that thing further, further, further than ever before. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the royalty she has. The favor that she has with you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you for sharing. Lord, I pray you'll take her further than ever before in her faith, her ability to break through and get the funds, the finances for the big she and her husband want to do. In Jesus' name. I pray for David. Just go further and further and further and further and further. With you. Break through faith. Break through faith. 
Father, thank you. Thank you. Bless you. You need to learn to receive. You just need to learn to receive. I know. It doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's one thing that God asked me to talk about. You came forward, and then the Lord said, this is what I need to do. So you need to learn to receive. You just need to learn to receive. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. So you got it. Bless you. I just want to say thank you so much. I, I, that's just an overwhelming response. And the thing is, you just don't know what that starts. There's a thing in the kingdom. There's a principle in the kingdom. It's called sowing and reaping. You might have heard it said in a bad way, if you like. But essentially, you can kickstart things. You can kickstart things. You can cause a cycle of, you know, this this generosity. It starts, and then it's like, oh, and then heaven responds, and then I'll get more, and it's like an upward cycle. So 